baby, you know what that sound means. It's time for The Edge with Terry Waldrop. Terry talks about all the hottest topics in sports every single weekday from 9 to 10 a.m. He's controversial, he's charismatic, and he's the captain of this ship for the next hour. Here's your host, Terry Waldrop. All right, all right, all right. Welcome in Sports Talk 977. Jerry Walter, Jamie Fox, Tabor running the controls to the show Odep this morning. Welcome in. We're brought to you as always by the good Dr. David Weber, North Monroe Animal Hospital, extraordinary veterinarian, uh, highly successful wrestling coach, good all-around guy. Go see him on US 165. That would be North. If you uh, if you have needs for your pet or if you need to see a good chokehold, what that looks like. Four five four five. I can't uh, describe to that, but I can tell you he's a very good wrestling coach as well. Top of the morning to you, Jamie Fox. Terry, how are you? Uh, what a weekend. Uh, can, can I go off with Jameis Winston? Please, let's start there. Jameis Winston, uh, officially known as uh, Crab Legs or... We can think of a couple other things. That we can't say over the air. In the NFL. And, and granted, guys, I do not watch a lot of NFL this year. I, you know what? Dear God. I wish I had seen it. people are going, you can see the players like, what the hell is he well, doing? Well, get the crab legs off his fingers. Maybe. And then he goes, I've tasted this W, and it tastes good. Let's go eat a W. And they're like, okay. I'm really fired up now. I always mm. taste so good. Let's go get this well, Jameis, you're still hungry, bro, because the Saints put a whoop down on you. Oh, by the way, Jameis was so fired up in this game that he has to go out of his way to go touch the Lattimore guy's helmet in a very childish, Jameis Winston-like way to go touch his helmet. Lattimore turns around and shoves him appropriately. And then heroic Mike Evans, who I think had one catch yesterday, comes and levels Lattimore from behind. Yeah, And uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, on to go 0-2. They lost the fight and they lost the game. But to my point, tell me if I'm wrong on this, 888-993-7762 888-993-7762 which is the Washington Valley Federal Credit Union text line. Your quarterback is a reflection of your team and the reflection of Jameis Winston and Tampa Bay is nothing more than Cam Newton light. Way light. Not even close. If that's what you have to have to win, good luck because you're going to be in the draft every year, people. Well, you know, of course, Mike Evans addressed that uh, that shove, and you know, uh, after the game. Uh, but again, I think it was uh, Jameis Winston instigated that. No question about it. He came off the bench to do that. Um, and then, of course, Evans blindsided uh, Marshawn Lattimore. He got ugly after that. And it is. I think it's a. It goes to show you when you're. I don't. I can't ever see Drew Brees doing something like that. I can't see Tom Brady or Dak Prescott. Um, it's a situation, Terry, where you're, I, you know, I, it is a reflection of where the direction of your program may be headed or your your organization. Obviously, a great deal of talent, Jameis Winston. Um, but I mean, his uh, at some point you have to grow up. Well, his antics at Florida State were well documented. There's another one I thought would have been, even though he was uh, ready for the NFL. I don't think he was. Mature-wise, was ready for just like Johnny Manziel wasn't. And, um, you know, the stage is too big for them, obviously, and they can't control their emotions. And that's, as a quarterback, that's what you have to do. You have to be in control of your emotions. And uh, 
he can't do it. And as a result, Evans should be suspended by the league. I don't know if he will. So I guess we'll be going back and forth between Ezekiel Elliott and Mike Evans this week. But if anybody, and even Evans admitted he lost his, but that doesn't, you know, I don't, I, I think. My bad doesn't cut it, Jamie Foxx. Will the, will the punishment fit the crime? My bad. Yeah, I mean, I just do it. And he wasn't, I mean, even Sean Payton said, you know, this is, uh, this is kind of ridiculous, the whole thing. So um, Evans, I think, did have three catches, but I, I don't know if any of them, you know, he's a tremendous difference maker out of Texas A&M. But he's another one. Uh, you've read some things about Mike Evans. I disagree with a lot of his, uh, a lot of his stances. But he's also a very, very good player. He's a very talented kid. Very, very talented young man. And I'll, I'll give him a break on this. Maybe the only thing he saw—I don't know if they even flagged that, to be honest. But perhaps the only thing he saw was a lot of more shove. James he Wentz. probably did. That maybe, and if that's the case, you defend your quarterback. I get that. This goes back to your quarterback, though. It's Jameis Winston's fault if Evans is suspended. First of all, well, let me rephrase that. Evans has culpability because you got to control your emotions. Jameis Winston, again, instigates the whole thing and probably going to have nothing done to him, and he's going to play the victim in this. Very well. Um, again, I, you know. He came off the bench to push Lattimore. Though, and, and he missed and went out there even further. Yeah, he went out on the field, and that's, and even that's, of course, if you want to give Evans a little bit of a pass and say, well, that's the only thing he saw. Who's, you know, again, you know, how is this going to, maybe this is why people are, again, this is the kind of behavior you don't want to see out of uh, professional ball players, And, you know, we're subjected to it. Then you have the decision to make whether you have your, like like you and so many have done, have flipped the channel this year. And uh, that's a shame because it's, uh, it, it was and has been a very good product. But the behavior, some of the things they've done on and off the field, has been a huge turnoff to the fan base. But I, I think obviously, you know, Tampa Bay's talented. But what, you know, to me, it all goes back to Winston's maturity. This is something I don't know that he displayed growing up in Hueytown, Alabama. I was I was living there when he was still in high school, and uh, wow, and it's still gotten to the point now where I think. Tampa Bay is probably done for the year. But at some point, maturity has to carry. We're not talking about Jamie off the field incident where he's had a, he's had a long and very notable list of stuff. To go. We're talking about stuff on the field that directly impacts the game. Tyler says, hey, I didn't look what Evans did, but that's on Winston. Evans was being a good teammate, but maybe a bit of overreaction. Uh, Tyler, I agree with this part. Uh, Winston needs to play Evans fine. And then Charlie says Jameis' pregame speech was uh, like the one with the Bengals last year. And then uh, was it Jason? Quarterback should be suspended for touching a player in play off the bench. I agree. Evans should be suspended multiple games and fined uh, 50K. So what happens, Terry, if both Winston and Evans are suspended for a game? Does the NFLPA, the Players Association, go applesauce like they've done with the uh, Elliott matter? I think that has some substance to it. Because if you know the background behind the Ezekiel Elliott matter, uh, I think there's obviously some extortion involved, um, and I think the you know, I think Goodell and them, you know, got this one wrong. Uh, but in the case of <laughs> this is this is behavior you can document with with television cameras, and if it's out there for everybody to see, and uh, we'll see just how strong Roger Goodell. Ron, Ron makes a point here, and you're welcome to text in as a bunch of you have, 888-993-7762, Washtenaw Valley Federal Credit Union text line. Stupid Mike Evans had six targets, one catch for 13 yards. 
Richie said Evans had more penalty yards, 15, than he had receiving yards, 13. So it's a plus two on the penalty. Uh, let's just say that uh, <laughs> Quint is not a Florida State fan, and uh, the guy stole crab leg. Yeah, we know he did a lot worse than that. You know, and I'm not making a moral judgment on this guy. I'm just saying from a business standpoint, Jamie Bob, strictly business. If you accept the fact that your team is going to reflect the maturity, the wisdom, the personality of a combination between your head coach and your quarterback, if this really Tampa Bay, can you see long-term, let's compare Dak Prescott and Jameis Winston. Dak Prescott, much less uh, known coming out, was solid at Mississippi State. Had him up, I think, number two or whatever it was. It won poker. A solid player. Nothing, he wasn't looking at Nothing it. special. Jameis Winston was the franchise from day one. Yep. Okay? Led him to a national championship. Got beat the next year. All the, uh, the allegations and, and things that surrounded him. And then he goes to Tampa Bay and has shown flashes of brilliance but he's shown flashes of just immaturity. I think you're seeing that with Cam Newton this year. Uh, And Cam Newton's had flashes. He was just brilliant. And the last two years have been a a roller coaster on the downturn. So, again, the maturity of your quarterback, skill sets being what they are, if you don't have a quarterback that is mature or at least can fake it, I really wonder how successful you can be in that league. Well, look at the measurables between a Cam Newton and a James Jameis Winston and a Drew Brees. Or Dak Prescott. Or Dak Prescott. I mean, you've got prototypes with Newton and Winston 6'3", at least 6'4", maybe, probably 6'5", in some cases, 220, rocket for an arm, all the physical measurements you'd ever – I mean, if you could draw one up, blueprint of what you want your professional quarterback to look like, it would look like Jameis Winston. To the maturity of an 11-year-old girl. Or Cam Newton. Thank you. Exactly. And you got Drew Brees that's barely six feet, uh, but has had parlayed that into a 16-year professional career because he works his tail off, he studies, he basically keeps his mouth shut, and it goes about his business, his encouragement. You don't ever, I don't ever see him throw a teammate under the bus. I don't see him throw a coach under the bus. I just see him as going about his work. And obviously, he's been the difference in that franchise, uh, along with some good, you know, brought in some talent around him. And uh, But then you got Dirk Cutter, who is, you know, pretty decent coach, I think. And I think that uh, Winston, as you said, you can understand why everybody was salivating to get this guy from a physical standpoint. But obviously, you see now, that there's more to the makeup of a professional quarterback than just their height, their weight, their arm strength, and their ability to maybe read a defense. There's a lot of things that go into, go into the mix, and obviously those two, Cam Newton and Jameis Winston, don't have it. That's why you got to watch. You know, if you look at it on paper, the Saints shouldn't even be in the conversation. Jamie, if they are Johnny Manziel with more talent. Right. That's what I mean, the same maturity level has kept Johnny Manziel out of the NFL for X number of years, they're Johnny Menzel that are bigger and stronger, and so therefore people are going to take more risk with them because their upside is a lot better. Mm-hmm. But it's the same maturity level. It's that of, and you know, you can have a, a poor maturity level at a wide receiver. You can have a poor maturity level at a defensive back or a linebacker or, or whatever. Quarterback, I would argue with you, 
and I'm a basketball guy saying this, is the most important position in sports. Because if you don't have one, it doesn't matter how good everything else is. Right, LSU fans? It doesn't matter. And if you don't have one that's serviceable, not a great one, serviceable, then you're going to have a very meteoric meteoric uh, rise and fall. You're going to be a mediocre team. Man, there's no question about it. I mean, there's a lot of components that goes into successful franchise. I think, you know, did it change overnight in New York with Eli and so forth? I mean, I think you could make the argument, um, you know, he's somewhat of a franchise quarterback, but Charlie, Charlie says, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, Charlie says this, because we had talked about NFL in a long time, so I'm actually sort of enjoying it. I uh, appreciate the text there, Bama Jim. I'll be collecting on my uh, wager with you at some point in the future. I had LSU in 60, by the way, which we're going to talk about in the third <laughs> segment probably. Charlie said, they should should they suspend A.J. Green for the fight in the Bengals? Jazz him? Yes! Yeah, I think so. Yes! Uh, Coach Cutler, like he didn't have a clue what happened. He didn't see it by his bench on the Jumbotron. Richie said, uh, he said, hey, blame it on hard knocks. That's been the curse uh, of that show. Uh, Richie and Bimble, they've been using the maturity term for Newton for the last seven years. So when do we expect the fact that Camp is a 6'5 man child? He will never mature. Uh, you know, at some point, look, I, we all went to high school with people, right? They were complete and utter screw-ups in high school. Most of us sort of grew out of it at some point. But there's always that few, Jamie, Never do. That never do. And no matter if they're 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old, they're a screw-up. That's just what they are. I think you're seeing that with the maturity level uh, of some of these players. That And, again, you can be immature at every position known to mankind. It doesn't matter. Quarterback is the surgeon that holds the knife. And if that guy doesn't have maturity and doesn't show that for the rest of the team, your team is just wildly up the net. When your quarterback goes out of the way to hit somebody in the helmet just to be, that's like something you do in fourth grade, right? And then he misses, and he goes out there further and hits it and causes another guy to have to come in and overreact. That is a serious, serious, it's little, it's, oh, that's not a big deal, coach. I mean, what, come on, really? No, but it shows you his mindset. His mindset is so small that he thought, I mean, what, you're sitting on the bench going, you know what, I think I'm going to hit this guy in the helmet. Well, I'm going to pull that girl's pigtails in class. That seemed like a good idea at the time. And then he gets smacked. Yep. Good Lord. Well, it's time to go to break. We're late for a break. You're listening to Sports Talk 97.7. I was looking at the wrong uh, clock here, actually. My apologies, John Tabor. Daylight savings time. Daylight savings time is, uh, has been uh, very vicious for me so far. Thank you. We come back. We're going to get into a little LSU. We're going to get into uh, Black Saturday <laughs> for the Big Ten and Big 12. And I'm going to eat some Iowa Crow. This segment brought to you by uh, Mr. Bobby Manning, attorney law, tremendous book for you, attorney, specialized in criminal defense, wrong death, personal injury, whatever you need. Bobby is there for you. Go see him today. Give him a call, 318-324-1411. Bobby Manning, attorney law. The edge rolls on after this. How does it feel? You're officially living on the edge. Hit Terry Waldrop up at 888-993-7762 and let him know. It's the edge with Terry Waldrop. Hey, welcome back in. Sports Talk 97.7. Terry Waldrop, Jamie Fox, Tabor running the show at the end. Get some folks chiming in. Uh, you know, the sad thing about this is there's some things we can't read on the air. They're really funny. But we do appreciate we your We do input. appreciate the, the smart.
smarminess of them. Uh, Even though we can't read them. Uh, a couple that we can read. <clears throat> Richie says, hey, maybe Cam Newton does have a chance to be successful, considering he's not a quarterback. He's a running back with a strong arm and very poor accuracy. Uh, Russell says, a lot of viewers have left the NFL because of the kneeling and now the fighting. And, uh, the same, and you know, the Saints were honoring a veteran, but he said no because his opinions and his players, uh, in his opinion, some of the players were dishonoring the flag. Uh, Quint throws it out there. Does the ULM victory count since no one saw it? Ouch, Quint. Yes, it Quint, counts. Quint Great is, victory by the Warhawks this weekend. Quint, I'm going to uh, invite you to the uh, next Warhawk game. I, can, I, I sense a, a huge dislike. For the Warhawks. I don't know if it's just like, maybe it's indifference. I don't know. No, just like and indifference. We yeah, can find it, it was tough. Warhawks win. Check loses a close one. Another close one. Uh, and there weren't that many people there. Okay. And they're having a successful season, too. Jamie so, Fox, this, this doesn't happen very often. So I want you to prepare to gloat. Okay. Uh, no, I'm not going to do that. I, you, know, you should, because it rarely does it happen. Or rarely do I admit that it happens. How about that? That's more accurate. Your Iowa Hawkeye. <coughs> Your Iowa Hawkeyes Attention, eviscerated yes. the Ohio State Buckeyes this weekend. I thought it would be a three-touchdown game for Ohio State. Wow, was I wrong. So my hat goes off Thank you to your Iowa Hawkeyes on the most impressive win they probably had in 25 years. Uh, I think it's actually the second-ranked opponent they've played in 25 years. However, uh, well done, Iowa. Uh, the apology really, not only myself, but you also need to call Aaron Dietrich up and apologize to him. He is an Iowa native, and uh, his Hawkeyes came through huge in a 55-24 win over previously once-beaten number 6-ranked Ohio State. Um I uh, I thought about texting you. I thought about, I said, no, I'm just going to let this, because I kept seeing this. I'm going, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this is happening. Uh, Kinnick Stadium, home of the Iowa Hawkeyes, was rabid. Uh, the uh, Hawkeyes defense, I think, intercepted J.T. Barrett four times. And the, uh, route, uh, the route was on. Um, yes, I, uh, I was only... Only thing that impressed me more was uh no, I don't know. This 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 anytime Ohio State and Penn State lose on the same weekend, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. And Miss Michigan State beat them with a the last second field goal to win twenty seven twenty four. Uh Northwestern, the smart guys win again. Um Wisconsin keeps rolling. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Iowa, anyway, if Iowa wants to really if impress Michigan had lost, it would have been a trifecta. But they just, Michigan's so far down, it doesn't matter. Uh, Iowa, if you really want to impress me, they travel to number nine, Wisconsin, this week, which, can we say at this point, Wisconsin is the best hope, perhaps the only hope, for the Big Ten to land one of those coveted four spots? I would say right now they are. I think they're uh, number nine. I think they... I can't believe it. I think they've actually fallen a little bit. But if they, uh, if they, they not, played Puerto Rico State last weekend. Uh, no, they played Indiana and <laughs> they beat them forty-five. Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. Forty-five, seventeen, except in basketball. Um, so I do see the, the the Badgers possibly getting in the mix there. I can tell you right now, unless somebody beats Notre Dame again, they're in. They're in. They're in. And I can't stand that. But somebody's got to do it, and I don't know. Let's see. 
who do the Irish have this week? I want to, you know, I just hope they get. They, of course, Wake Forest came back in that game, but uh, Notre Dame won handily by eleven. And handily by eleven. Handily by eleven this week. Oh, it is convicts and um, Catholics this week. It is the uh, and it is in uh, Coral Gables. Uh, you know, our our uh, Key Biscayne or wherever Miami is. Jamie, I'm actually, of course, I like the Canes anyway. I do too. I am. Uh, I'm pulling for them. Do I think they're going to win? You know, who knows? Hey, you, somebody's got to go down, right? It's uh, eight. And, uh, Notre Dame is now number three at eight and one. Uh, Miami is undefeated. Miami, if they win that game, Miami's got a great chance. They're going to have to play Clemson in the uh, conference title game. So I do hope it is Miami uh, knocks off Notre Dame because they'll probably be out of the picture at that point. But that's what it's going to take. Otherwise, uh, you know, the rest of the country is all salivating for Notre Dame to be in there. <laughs> Richie says, "Hey." Since Ohio State was destroyed by the unranked fake IDs of Iowa, what does that make the Buckeyes? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can say that on the air. Well, Earl, Earl, I remember Earl Bruce. Uh, uh, you know, the Buckeyes. and uh, At least Woody Hayes would have punched somebody. They went one and one. I remember the uh, the sign outside the LSU uh, dorm, uh, fraternity that I can't really say on the air, but it was something referring to the Buckeyes. What a, you know, Buckeyes a little nut. Yes. So you, know, you do know what yes. a Buckeye is. I've actually seen a number of them when I was in Ohio. Uh, so they do exist, and uh, they're tough to crush. I'll leave it at that. And uh, Earl Bruce was brought his uh, Buckeyes in. I saw Eric Andelsack and Chris Spielman get into it at the 50-yard line in a 13-13 to tie in Tiger Stadium. What a ball game. And, uh, but since then, um, Ohio State has been tremendous, which they should. I've been on that campus. and It's just incredible the resources at Ohio State, and uh, I think they'll eventually get back to it. But J.T. Barrett goes from hero to goat. Yeah, y'all can't be the Heisman Trophy campaign. Yeah, he goes to goat. It, it's just, it, it always is a quick trip to the uh, from the penthouse to the outhouse, isn't it, Terry? Always. How about our friends at Arkansas? That riveting victory come from a head victory over one win, Coastal Carolina. Well, you throw Ooh, the we're living it up in Fayetteville. Well, you throw the record books out with the Chanticleers and the Razorbacks hook up. And uh, I'm telling you, Arkansas fan, and, it, you know, this would be understandable if this was uh, maybe a Troy or pretty good Sunbelt team, but this was the the, uh, the cellar dweller. And, uh, I, you know, Coastal Carolina's Iowa and Wisconsin are saying, man, they're not very good. I was pulling for them. They got a number on those guys. They had a 13-point lead in that fourth quarter, um, but the uh, the Chanticleers couldn't couldn't quite pull it out. And uh, Brett Belima, I, you know, I guess the question is, does he survive if, if they lose that one? Um, he might not have made it off the field. Well, they, I mean, they did that to Jack Crow one time when he lost to somebody uh, unranked. Well, they fired Kiffin on the tarmac on the plane. Yeah. Well, who? You know, if listen, if if the Tennessee is going to allow Bush Jones to hang around, you got to let some of these guys money, man. Yeah, a lot of. I it mean, you want they, these coaches are now demanding and getting their agents are big contract buyouts because that's what you do when you. Well, who do you think the next? It doesn't matter who the next coach of Tennessee is, Jamie. He'll have a good. Or buyout. Arkansas, they're going to have a huge buyout because that's the name of the game these days. And you're wagering that. You know, your guy's going to win. If it doesn't, it costs you a whole bunch to get rid of him. So that's basically a way for the coaches to make sure they're not just thrown on the scrap heap of, uh, of history. So crazy stuff going on there. We're going to go take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to get into the little LSU-Alabama recap. 
Uh, maybe a few other things going on. Got high school football playoffs coming up. All sorts of things. Basketball starting. Literally one of my favorite times of the year. Yeah, your time is coming. Uh, time is coming very quickly. So you're listening to Sports Talk 97.7 The Edge. Terry Waller, Jamie Fox. Seven brought to you by friends at Spotabell. Pair for the special people in your life, folks. Spotabell. Get them a gift certificate. 318-807-1060. Spotabell. Let me lane. Monroe. Back in a minute. Living on the Edge makes weekdays more fun, especially when you're doing it with Terry Waldrop. Hey, welcome back in. Sports Talk, the 977, The Edge. Jamie Foxx, Terry Waldrop with you on a Monday morning. A lot of people in a good mood, a lot of people not in such a good mood. They feel a little edgy. Yeah, they feel a little edgy. You can, uh, you're welcome to text in. 888 uh, <laughs> I just got a text, and I read the text. Instead of, uh, my brain was not processing very well. Uh, before I get into LSU, can we have a moment of silence just when you thought that Tennessee, Arkansas, and Vanderbilt were the bottom of the barrel? Florida says, hey, hold my beer and watch this. They go and are eviscerated, destroyed by a Missouri team that I'm not sure could beat a seventh-grade B team in most parts of the country. Missouri, not very good, not at the Power Five level. They beat Florida like they stole something, Jamie. So if you're a Florida fan right now, what are you, replaying the Baseball World Series? Is that what you're doing? That's what I'd be doing. Well, yeah, again. Hey, we're really good at baseball, Jamie. We, remember we beat LSU and won the national championship? It's bad when Tennessee fans are, uh, are glad that, uh, you know, are mad at their folks because they won't fire Butch Jones and, and Florida pulls the plug on Jim McElwain and Randy Shannon goes in an interim role uh, as the head coach and they literally lay an egg. They really played for him, didn't they? In Columbia. Malik uh, Zaire. You know who's laughing? Brian Kelly. Yeah. He's going, told you. Yeah, well, he, he didn't have the greatest game. Uh, but, again, <laughs> you were blown out by Missouri. Now, hold on, Terry. Missouri. Hang on, Terry. Missouri has won three straight, I'll have you know, and, 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 and can get to 500 if they knock off Tennessee. Which tells you how bad the SEC East has been. Maybe Georgia this year is different. Uh, anyway, it's not like everybody else lost 24-10, to 10, including LSU this week. But it's not like Florida lost 24-10. to 10. They lost. 45 to 60. To Missouri. To Missouri, who is, you know, average at best. Um, Boy, you're kind of Missouri. Well, listen, you're going to get on a Missouri like you did Iowa when you saw what happened there. I'm thinking, re- look, what is it? What my dad used to tell me, uh, you know, a blind hog finds an acorn every once in a while. Yeah. Hey, kudos to Iowa. They beat somebody. You know what? Beef up your non conference schedule, play a legitimate couple teams outside your, comp- your, your weak zone in your conference. And then you're in the conversation. All right. Well, let's look what Florida has played this year. Uh, they opened with Michigan. Okay. Legitimate team. Northern Colorado. Not so much. Tennessee. Should, be, Tennessee. should be legitimate. Beat conference, conference games don't count. Beat Tennessee on a Hail Mary. Uh, everybody knows that. Kentucky, which they were very if Kentucky close. could count. Kentucky wins the game. Kentucky blew that one. They blew out Vanderbilt. Uh, lost a heartbreaker to LSU that probably shouldn't have. Uh, A&M, I uh, believe they lost by a field goal in that one. And then, of course, you got Georgia, and you know what happened there? 
The thing is, the trend the last two games versus Georgia-Missouri is not good. South Carolina, who's going to be stinging after that loss to Georgia, they've got to go to Columbia to play. Then they've got a kind of a tricky UAB team, and then an up-and-down Florida State team. So uh, that's what remains for Florida. They may not, uh, you know, you say UAB is a win. I don't know. At this point, the way UAB is playing, who can tell? But if you're UAB, you're playing with house money. They're right. paying you a lot of money, and they ain't very good. Bring them. And it's not the best Florida team around. So, anyway, um, Iowa, who you love to hate, who did win, by the way, let me remind you. I don't you hate Iowa. I just don't think they're legitimate compared to everyone else in the country. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. All right, well, you can sneeze all you want to about Iowa's schedule. Here it is. Okay. Wyoming. Knocked off Colorado State and is Ooh, their powers. Good. Well, they're better than uh, probably better than UAB uh, for now, and they're better than Northern Colorado. At Iowa State, okay, <laughs> Iowa State is legitimate this year. North Texas, decent, decent. Penn State, Michigan State, Illinois, Northwestern, Minnesota, and Ohio State still have Wisconsin, Purdue, and Nebraska left. I say this yeah, year. Teams legitimate. This year, Iowa has had a pretty pretty good schedule. They've had a better schedule. I'll, better. Give, you, I'll absolutely a, give you that. That's a pretty. Let me ask you a question. Right. Do you think maybe perhaps since they've had a little bit better upgrade on their schedule this year, that better prepared them to play Penn State or excuse me, Ohio State, as opposed to playing sisters of the poor outside your well, list? I, I get that because you're trying to schedule yourself into a bowl game, a good bowl game. It's about money. Same principle, Jamie, with high school football. Okay. Uh, and I'll make this correlation. You can schedule yourself wins. You can. You, I, I can look at that and whatever level I'm at, I can go schedule myself wins, and I can go 7-3, and 8-2, and two, depending on how good my district is. I can go schedule some wins and get us into the playoffs because I'm going to play bad teams and have just enough PowerPoints that we can all say, hey, we're in the playoffs. Woo, anything can happen. Or you can be really good and say, you know what, we want to challenge our players. And we're going to go play good. And if you're in a really good district to begin with, you're going to be challenged. But the people that I admire are the people that are in good districts, and they go play non-district people that are really good. Like Union? Yeah. It's a really tough off-district schedule. Absolutely. I, you know, I admire, look at, the, look at Washington, West Monroe, Bastrop, yeah. Neville. Uh, and then you get into some of the others that are, that are playing really good schedules in district. Out of it. Those are the people that make deep runs in the playoffs. All right. What I'm telling you about Iowa is this fans this year, and I'll give you, it's a little bit of an upgrade normally compared to what they played in the past. Wisconsin picked up that soft schedule this year. You get in the play, you get exposed because you haven't played tough people. No guarantee in the playoffs you're going to win anyway, but if you played a bunch of nobodies and then you play somebody, uh, somebody usually wins that game, and so what is your ultimate goal for your program? Is it just to make the playoffs and everybody pats you on the back? Man, we had a great year. We were 10-3. and three. Boy, that first-round playoff, we almost won that. Or is it to go, I don't know, 7-3, and 6-4, and four, and then make two or three rounds, four rounds, whatever, deep into the playoffs, and give it yourself a chance to win? Same principle at the collegiate level, same principle at the high school level. All right. Come up for air. I'm, just, I'm speaking the truth, man. That's what I do. All right. That's my opinion. It's not reflective of anybody else here. That's my opinion. But, Terry, you know that these things – you know better than anybody. These things are made well in advance. And when LSU scheduled BYU to open the season, you're thinking, woo, woo, that's a Donnybrook, right? No. BYU sucks. Who was thinking that? BYU sucks. Who was thinking BYU's a Donnybrook? Compared to who they played the years past. LSU fan. Oregon. 
Uh, who did they play? They played Oregon. They played Wisconsin a couple times. Who else did they play to open up the season? They've been, you know, you're like, okay, they're pretty. BYU, come on, they're like, okay. I mean, all right, they're all right. Well, how did you know when you're if you're Iowa, you think you've got cupcakes, right, to open the season? Wyoming, Iowa State, and North Texas. Who oh. knew they were going to be? You can even talk twenty years. Wisconsin. Those three teams are not very good. I, but that's not – you don't play them 20 years from now. You play them this year, and you don't know from one year to the next what program's going to – who all thought Florida Atlantic was going to be worth a damn? That's a very good point. Nobody. That's a very good point. Nobody. So why not so schedule you Florida, Florida State? Atlantic if you're, if you're LSU playing? If I'm Wisconsin, I don't, and they beat them like they should yes. have. But you look at LSU's schedule, it is far from overwhelming. Chattanooga, BYU, non-conference. Right. right. Troy, decent. Syracuse, which – Maybe better than, but Syracuse got a losing record. I'd rather play Syracuse. I think Syracuse gives me a lot more credibility than BYU does. Yeah, but I mean, you're talking if you want to use the uh, tradition laden programs of the, for whatever reason, BYU is, has been considered better. Has been considered a pretty strong program uh, this year. They sink. I don't know about. I mean, next strong. year they've been good. Next year, let's talk. I mean, LSU opens with Miami. I, I would put BYU up there if I had to make a relative comparison, Jamie. Um, yeah, I don't know. Who would be a good – Texas Tech maybe? Maybe a little bit better than Texas Tech. Maybe Oklahoma State level. Maybe, maybe that's a fair I mean, I think part of it may be, the, you know, the way that uh, God rest his soul, he passed away recently. He, you know, he threw it like 90 times a game. I mean, that's where uh, Edwards, I think, is the last. Uh, but anyway – Lavelle Edwards. Lavelle Edwards, yes. yeah. Um, you know, that's where BYU's tradition came from. So when these things are scheduled years in advance, you don't know. Well, Nebraska was good years ago, too. You're not going to know. But yeah, but so was Tennessee. But you're not going to. Exactly. <laughs> so you're not going to go from year to year only because you don't know what teams are going to emerge. I mean, yeah, you know, ULM's beating Alabama. Tech's beat them twice. That's not going to happen every year. But you just never know who's going to be the upstart. We don't know. At this point. In Conference USA, it's Florida Atlantic, and FIU's pretty good. They've both been stinking the last few years. Upstate, who knows? I mean, listen, Appalachian State, because ULM, you know, beat by hair this weekend, they've gone into the big house and beaten Michigan. It can happen. And so these guys, I don't think you know how, you know, you don't go in in advance, you don't know. Who's going to be your non-conference especially? You don't know who's going to be the upstart. Well, you can pretty much predict uh, UT Chattanooga and some of these others aren't going to be very good. Hence why you schedule. Yeah, but UT Chattanooga is not on Iowa's schedule this year. And I think maybe the, the, the non-Division one, whatever you want to call it. Uh, FCS. Thank you. Um, you know, maybe that's the direction to go. But, you're, I mean, I don't know if you're Iowa, any of those teams in the Big Ten for years and years scheduled max schools, right? Right. Non-conference schedules. Depending on who you want to believe, max a decent, decent conference. What I'm telling you is this. Here's what I'm telling you. Okay. Okay? If you want to be in the big picture to be considered for the Final Four, and I think the committee is sending this message clearly to your boys in Wisconsin, you cannot schedule yourself into the Final Four. What I'm saying by that, look who Alabama has played. Alabama, the preeminent program in America. They opened the year. I know Florida State has not been very good. It was one versus Oh, yeah, that was a great opening uh, matchup. You know, and you give credit to Michigan and Florida for playing. I give credit for LSU-BYU. It's been a down uh, turn for BYU this year. LSU should win that game. But LSU has played Oregon. LSU has played Wisconsin. 
they so they played legitimate people in part of the opening thing. Florida State has played. Ole Miss has played good people. Notre Dame, by and large, has played good people. So if you want to be considered for that, Ohio State and Oklahoma, they don't have to play that game. But if you want to be considered, you have to show that you can beat somebody outside of your conference, no matter how good your conference is or how good your conference is not. You can't, I don't think anybody, including the SEC anymore, can rely just on your conference to get you there. That is my ultimate. I, I do agree with that. I do agree you can't rely on your schedule. Uh, you know, in two weeks, by the way, Alabama plays Mercer. And Sean tells me LSU, and I, know I knew this, but I appreciate the, the tip, LSU does open with Miami next year, which right. is a great game for both of those teams. You're listening to Sports Talk, 977 The Edge, Terry Walter, Jamie Foxx. When we come back, we will get into a little LSU breakdown, Alabama breakdown. I'll give you my thoughts. Jamie will share his with you. We are brought to you by Powerworks Gourmet Pizza by Design. Go see him on Tower Drive next to Nukes in Monroe. I had the ability, Jamie, the other night. Some of my uh, my best friends in high school. We had the fearsome foursome out there. Oh my God! Uh, went and hung out at Pie Works and uh, consumed some pizza. Uh, good time. We're all. I can tell you this: three out of four of us were twice the men we used to be. You're listening to Sports Talk 97.7. Back in a minute. How does it feel? You're officially living on the edge. Hit Terry Waldrop up at 888-993-7762 and let him know. It's The Edge with Terry Waldrop. And welcome back. The Edge, 97.7, Force Talk 97.7. You're welcome to chime in with smarmy text comments, 888-993-7762, which is the Washtenaw Valley Federal Credit Union text line. We're sponsored in this segment by Jimmy Cooley, reminding you of sport incredibly worthwhile cause, Louisiana Special Olympics. Indeed. Uh, let's see. We're going to get into LSU. Uh, somebody who's already trying to Well, i got a bunch of texts I'm trying to read here. Um, uh, By the way, that, that final, Terry, 24 to 10, Alabama over LSU was the final in three SEC tilts this weekend. Georgia beat South Carolina 24 to 10, and Tennessee beat Southern Mississippi 24 to 10. So that seems to be. Uh, I bet Ohio State would have been, would have liked to have gotten beat twenty four to ten. Yeah, I wasn't fun at Old Urban's house this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, actually, my, my daughter is becoming an Ohio State fan. Really? Her one of her roommates in Baton Rouge, one of her sorority sisters. Her dad is, uh, I think, the offensive coordinator at Ohio State. So they always sit around and watch the Ohio State game as well. So yeah, she's been like, "What are you wearing Ohio State stuff for? What's she doing in LSU? She's going to school." Just preferred, just preferred that. Well, now you know the the offensive line coach at Ohio State is Greg Studra, Studra, excuse me, S T U D, who I believe he's still he's there, uh, who used to be at LSU under Miles. Maybe that's him. Maybe that's, that's who Greg he is. Studra. I, don't, uh, I don't know my daughter's roommate. I'm mad at him. Uh, <laughs> Dodson, uh, hey, is there a worse TV package at uh, FBS and Conference USA? Why can't they be on the cable channel instead of Facebook or other internet channels? Steve tells me, hey, the quarterback in Missouri is real good. He's 6'5", 225, thrown 28 touchdowns, 2,900 yards. Not a, not a Alabama, Florida, but Missouri's offense is good and yeah. getting better. Uh, all right, let's do LSU. I'll give you my quick assessment of that game. Okay. I thought that Alabama controlled the game overall. I thought that LSU represented themselves well, especially after about the first quarter. I thought Alabama sort of dominated the – the line of scrimmage, I thought you saw LSU's offensive and defensive lines grow up. 
and played at a higher level than I've seen him play all year. That being said, I think it's the same story that we've seen a lot. I think uh, Danny Etling, is he good enough to beat Alabama? I don't know. He's close. But the fact that you had some drops, you had one pass interference penalty, but it probably should have been called. Overall, Alabama was the better team. Before everybody started, LSU outgained them. They got more first downs. They won the statistical battle. Guys, that was a two-touchdown game. It's what it was. It was a two-touchdown game. Uh, Coulda, woulda, shoulda. You know, maybe if you put well, – I did see something with Alabama, though. If LSU could have cut that lead yeah. to a touchdown and then onside kick to win the game or to get the ball back to either win it or tie it, I would have loved to see seen Alabama in that position because nobody's put them in that position yet this year. Perhaps Auburn does, perhaps Georgia, maybe two games in the – I don't know. But that, to me, sort of told the tale there. I think Jalen Hurts made some plays with his legs. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, when Alabama really gets pushed, Jalen Hurts would much rather run than he would throw the football. Uh, you know, Ellie had the one very costly interception. Other than that, he played as well as any LSU quarterback has in a very long time. Yeah, and he's catching a lot of uh, flack that I don't think is enough. Now, he did miss a, a couple of throws and. Uh, under through Chark, but Chark should have come up with it late, which may have made a difference. Chark's got to make the play. Yeah, he's got to give the ball. Look, to beat the and he got the ball, it just didn't it didn't work out. I mean, there was it was I, I look at it a little differently. I mean, um, Sean kept saying this, and particularly late, we're not that is not that big a difference to me. That game was almost summarized by a play where Jalen Hurts did beat LSU with his arm. And uh, it was a third down, and he, he popped an 11 yard or two, or to uh, maybe a 17 yard to Cam Sims in between four LSU defenders. Yes. And uh, Devin White, you know, reaches as far as he can for the ball, still goes through his fingers. And Sims can make the play. And, you know, from Washington out here, makes the play. That made it even more painful. And, uh, you know, kudos to him, though, and Hurts for making that play. Irv Smith, the tight end from Brother Martin, made the catch for the first touchdown. So, you know, you've heard me say it ad nauseum. They're beating them with our kids. Mm, that's true. Well, you're but they're also, also like you said, there. I do think without question, Alabama was the better team. Well, here's the other thing about it: Alabama had a ton of kids lost to injuries last week, which tells you LSU played a very physical, which you would expect with that orange run, right. right? A very physical brand of football, right? That maybe Alabama has to this point not seen. Maybe, and I think. This speaks to the volume of the depth of Alabama. Maybe that was the reason that the score was a two-touchdown, a two-score game. If they had their depth, if they, if they didn't have the depth they had, maybe we're talking about LSU winning this game. Alabama losing, what, four to five starters in that game? Four. Hamilton's the only one that I know has lost the year, Sean Deion Hamilton, their linebacker. Butkus Award nominee, uh, he's gone for the year. But there's, you know, yeah, I mean, there's some injury. Fitzpatrick went down. Um Alabama did what they had to do to win the game. Bottom no, line, I think they're just you know again. I thought depth would make the difference. I mean, and it did. LSU went in as a twenty anywhere from a twenty to twenty-four point dog. I think that was probably right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a to me though the thing that was impressive, and maybe this is just to use a, a Nick Saban phrase, a little uh, delusional eye candy, but LSU finally moved the ball on Alabama. And, uh, I mean, I think the total was 306 to 99, uh, 299 uh, yardage difference. So it was, uh, you know, close but no cigar. 
as you said, I think I really think at LSU been an opportunity and converted some of those opportunities. Uh, the push in the back, uh, it was obvious on the punt return by Chark, which would have given them great field position at the 50. But give Alabama credit. This is what Nick, this kind of game Nick Saban wanted. Uh, a little bit of uh, push, a lot of push, a lot of push by LSU. Didn't if, you know? Particularly had they been not successful converting, it's very frustrating. Very frustrating if you're LSU fan because you, you know I think you got just about all you could out of this team, particularly as young as they are. Uh, now is important because now do you have the you got a young program that's got to deal with a lot of adversity. Um, it still stinks to lose. You play an Arkansas team, they're probably going to fire their coach. So. You don't know what Arkansas team is going to show up. If it's the same team that uh, barely beat Coastal Carolina, LSU is going to win by three touchdowns. You're going to play a Tennessee team that's probably going to fire their coach. You're going to play a Texas A&M team that was going to fire their coach, and then they weren't going to fire their coach. Now they're probably going to fire their coach again. So is a 10-win season, season absolutely realistic with a bowl win? Yes. No, even well with a bowl win. Yes, yeah. with a bowl win. Yeah, with a bowl win. And, and LSU is getting better. Uh you know, I thought they've improved since the Troy game. Hats off to Ed Orgeron and the job that that staff has done. Well, they you know, playing up. Alabama. Are we, are we to the point now we're playing them close and good? Well, I think that's unfortunately because of the, you know, the where that program is right now. Yeah, I mean, if you're obviously, it's uh, it's. I mean, you're going to see this year probably better than ever. It's a coach killer. You could have as many as five SEC schools change head coaches this year. Why? Why at the Right at the end of the day, it's probably because you can't beat Alabama, and you're not where they are. Tennessee's not beating anybody, Jamie. Florida's no. not beating anybody. No, but and you and you've seen, you know, the pressure build. I mean, these fan bases. I mean, people talk about LSU want to beat Alabama. Hell, everybody does. Everybody does. There's nobody cheering more. And I think even uh, Jim will agree with this. Uh, you know, when you're that good for that long. You know, people start wanting to get. That's why I love you. That's why I love Ohio State and Penn State. Not because you know, because they're good. And I'm ready for somebody else to stick in there. Jay Franklin with a class move, by the way. Yeah, after the Penn State game, made his players. Made that kid go back out there and shake hands. Oh, I don't. I didn't see that. Yep. The kid refused to shake hands. Yep. He was going to walk off, and James said, "No, we don't do that." Kudos to James Franklin. Yeah. Because it's a bigger message, and look, it's an emotional game, and that's the hard thing about football more so probably than any other sport. It's such an emotional collision game. Yeah. And now you're going to – it's like being a gladiator, a modern day gladiator. Uh, and, and we were seeing the pro guys do it. We talked about Jameis Winston's lack of sure. decorum early on. And, you know, it's an emotional game. Kids do stupid stuff. Adults do stupid stuff. So crazy things going on. Jamie, it's been fun. Oh, by the way, uh, my boy Rick Brass. Yes. And uh, we talk about – you know, I'm a walking dead fan. Uh, I know. Morales is back. Hi, Morales. Morales is dead. Hi, Morales. He also says, Rick Grimes, the talent gap between Alabama and LSU is not as great as people think. Um, well, other friends go, hey, I watched the LSU-Alabama game for the last couple of years. What I see is LSU defense always provides other teams with equal talent. Uh, the blueprint on how to defeat Alabama, i.e. Clemson, couple that with a team that has some offense and creativity and a better quarterback play, makes it a tight game and allows your team the opportunity to win. I agree with that. We're going to get out of here, I'm sure, Sean, and then we'll break down this, the Saints game, uh, the Cowboys win, the the Black Saturday for the Big Ten, uh, you know. Except for Iowa. Except for Iowa, who now Iowa fans are thinking they're going to be ranked number one in the football playoffs, and Wisconsin's like, no, 
No, you're not. We have a worse schedule than you. We're undefeated. So, Iowa, do me a favor. I'll be a fan. I'll wear an Iowa T-shirt if the Hawkeyes will go into Madison and knock off the Badgers. I will walk in here Monday somehow, if anybody sells them, with an Iowa T-shirt. You've been listening to The Edge, Sports Talk 97.7. We are a Fox Sports Radio affiliate and proud to be so. Thanks to our sponsors today. Washtenaw Valley Federal Credit Union, Mr. Bobby Manning, Attorney Law Power, Gourmet Pizza by Design, 